Hey, Jai. Great hearing from you, man. You used to let me crash on your floor in Newport when I would do surf contests. Remember that? Uh, Thank you. And I had no idea you were living in Australia. I will absolutely give you a shout if I ever make it to that side of the pond. If any of you out there want to send me a little voice memo, you can click the voice memos app on your phone, record 30 seconds to a minute of audio, let me know who you are where you're listening from, something cool you got going on, something you're excited about. You're really kind of addressing me as well as the community because everyone out here is listening. Uh, But I love to play them. So you can email that to info at kyle.surf. And uh, with that, let me give you a little, let me set the context to this podcast. So we recorded this after 12 hours straight of hunting on top of a mountain in the rain and then we finally got back to our campsite and all of our firewood was wet so it took another hour and a half to get the fire going and then we finally got dinner going uh and i still hadn't asked these guys if they would even be willing to do a podcast with me so i was kind of nervous but i figured screw it this is a cool opportunity uh hey you guys want to come on my show i'm like sure why not it was like 9 30 by this point uh, but they were kind enough to agree. And all of that is to say that if you are looking for the definitive Mark Healy and Shane Dorian podcast, this is not it. But if you want to hear a few dudes talk some shit around a campfire for a little while over some beer, uh, this is the episode for you. I really like Mark and Shane. Uh Healy has been on this podcast before. He's one of the best spear fishermen in the world, one of the best big wave surfers in the world. Um, one of the most articulate surfers out there as well. Um, I always really enjoy having conversations with him. And Shane Dorian, I had not met before uh, this hunting trip, but was really um, struck by how many questions he asked me about my hunting experience. Um, I am a fairly new to hunting. He is much better than me. And uh, he took a real interest in how I was doing. And, you know, that's cool. It says a lot about a person. And Jake Muse was also on this this podcast. Jake is a professional hunter and uh, owner of Maui Nui Venison, which is a Axis deer venison jerky company. Um, And I recorded a podcast with him a couple episodes back and have been getting a lot of good feedback about that. So if you want more, if you want to learn more about hunting and sustainability and all kinds of good stuff, check out Jake Muse's podcast. We just came out with a new box of goodies on my website, kyle.surf. So if you don't know what that is, the box of goodies is an assortment of products that I love. So um, it's a book, it's a signed copy of the Psychedelic Explorer's Guide by Dr. Jim Fadman. I've had him on this show a number of times. Um, He is considered 
one of America's wisest and most well-respected authorities on the medical applications of psychedelics. Um, the whole subject of psychedelics can get, you know, we can talk about it in the recreational way really easily. And wow, man, I had this great trip and it was such a blast with my friends down on the beach. Um, and yeah, it can be that, but it can also be, um, when used properly, a really um, great tool for mental and psychological health. Again, when used properly. Uh, and I think it's psychedelics are a lot like a lot like surfing. If you go out and you have a great uh, mentor who can take you into waves that are manageable, it can be a profound experience. Or you can just go out uh, to Pipeline as a beginner and not know what the fuck you're doing and really mess yourself up. Um, so I am all about safety whenever I talk about psychedelics. Um, and Jim Fadiman says I'm a real right-wing conservative psychonaut um, in the way that he really advocates for safety when using these substances that have been used by cultures for thousands of years Um and there are ways that you can do it right and ways that you can do it wrong. And I think that the Psychedelic Explorer's Guide is a great um, resource for people. And it's signed. Did I mention that? Here's a quick clip from the author. Go for it. I hope you enjoy this book. And if you end up using it, don't write me and tell me about it. <laughs> <laughs> Spoken like a true curmudgeon. Um, so it's the, that book, it's also a can of mud water. Mud water is a chai mushroom blend. Uh, it's got reishi, cacao, lion's mane, turmeric, all kinds of stuff that's medicine, but it doesn't taste like medicine. Um, and I drink it every single morning, um, brought some out on this hunting trip and was drinking it before the big day. Uh, and sometimes when I'm sneaky, I put it in my coffee, even though, I believe Mudwater's slogan is fuck your coffee because we're all addicted to it. They just opened a cafe in Los Angeles. You can look them up, mudwater.com, uh, and it's all donation-based. So if you want to go in there and potentially meet the love of your life, maybe that would happen at the Mudwater Cafe. You can go and check it out. Um, and Mudwater donates a portion of their proceeds to MAPS, which is the Multidisciplinary Association for Psychedelic Studies, based here in Santa Cruz. The third product in the box of goodies is Santa Cruz Medicinals CBD Coconut Oil. So it's the book, it's the Mudwater, it's the CBD in a box coming to your house at a greatly discounted price. So you can go to Kyle.surf and snag one before they're gone. I'm only selling 40 of them, and uh, last month's box of goodies sold out in a few days so head over to kyle.surf before they're gone all right guys with that snuggle up get ready for some uh tired men <laughs> talking uh and having a few laughs over some beer and a campfire nine thousand feet up on a mountain in maui Kyle Tierman here. I'm in Cape Town. I was the only journalist in northern Nigeria. Not an adventure until you get lost in Tijuana. You get caught inside by a giant wave, you feel really alone. I love the adventure of waking up and not knowing what will happen and that being my job. I'm standing at a desert oasis right now. A lot of tourists don't see this part of Bali. Smiles and thumbs up. Thumbs up. Welcome to you. 
<laughs> yeah, well, that's kind of like the great issue of our times, right? We're so smart, but there's not a lot of wisdom going around. <laughs> yeah. You know, you get, it's like a kid in a really fast car. Mm-hmm. Like really good at building stuff and really good at, at up in the up in the technology, but exactly. So we got CRISPR and AI coming out. And right. We're we're more immature than we've ever been and can't get along. Yeah. CRISPR's a <laughs> freaky like one. A great program. CRISPR's a real freaky one. Do you know one of the uh yeah, one of the main scientists for CRISPR apparently lives in Santa Cruz. I'm gonna try and get her on this podcast. You should. But I, I, I feel like the interesting part of it is is scientists are always doing it for either just because they want to see it happen or they're a little bit naive about the uses of things. Right. And a lot of people who are super intelligent that I've encountered aren't too up to speed on human nature or people skills. So uh, there almost needs to be like... Like, a like super, group. like super intuitive people, right yeah. at their backs. Like, hey, hey, you sure you, you want to go down this road? You need like Ice Cube and like <laughs> scientists. Like, okay, I've come from the ghetto. Nah, dog, this shit's yeah. not gonna work out. I've seen it. Yeah, <laughs> I've seen it on the streets. Got a PhD in human nature. <laughs> yeah, you ever see that movie Gattaca? It's like it. It basically is CRISPR. It was a movie made in uh, the early '90s about how you could you could pick your baby you know before you uh but like let's say you let's say the doctor came to you and said that your child is disposed to uh, predisposed to early onset alzheimer's Mm -hmm. and we can take that away for five thousand dollars exactly right what do they test for now um they they test for abnormalities in dna so i got a kid coming in may and uh they do a blood test of the mother my partner and um yeah just see if there's any major dna abnormalities and they follow it up by this like crazy 3d ultrasound just to be able to diagnose any kind of like possible cleft palate or anything like that that they need to be prepared for to operate on um it's pretty wild well it's such big money too because you're dealing with a parent's unborn child and they're like okay Mm -hmm. well for this price we can take away this disease well exactly or we can make them edit it out right yeah so so you're looking at the future of biotechnology right i think it's going to probably mirror social media so all your free apps are not free because they're spying on you right they listen to your speaker all day long they sell your information to companies who else are they going to sell it to you run for office, for example, later, are they going to sell it to somebody who wants to blackmail you? Um, so I think the future of biotechnology is going to be like, yeah, sure, we can fix all this, but you got the chip, man. Yeah, you're going to pay for it. Yep. Yeah, someone told me recently, Facebook's not a social media company. They're a data mining company. Like, that's their most valuable S- asset is the data that they have on you. Oh, uh, absolutely. No one does it better. Yeah, I mean, nothing's free. Free app is not free. Right. But if yeah, exactly. But if you look at the U.S. government, the the healthiest part of their entire balance sheet is student debt. So that's not too much better. That's your government. <laughs> Isn't it crazy that you can't file for bankruptcy if you have student debt? Yeah, I have a friend who's like one of the smartest people I know who uh, 
got in a bunch of student debt and was just like, fuck it, I'm... He needed Ice Cube as a counselor. Well, they, well, this is the problem, uh, is that he he got like th- 200 grand in uh, in debt and then was like, well, fuck it, I'm never going to make that much money, so it doesn't matter. And then he became super successful. and But now it's, he's like in this weird game where he's trying to like make it look like he's not making any money because then they'll just come after him. But uh, it's so crazy that you can, like, PG&E, for example, just filed for bankruptcy because of all the forest fires. Because they, uh, they were responsible for 17 of the last 21 forest fires in Northern California. Think of, think of all those bankers that we bailed out that good old Obama signed off on. Yeah. It's wild, um, man. Yeah, and, and how... But not a student. Not a student. Right. Not a kid. That didn't know the eighteen-year-old kid oh, wanted to go to college. Thought he needed to get a bachelor's degree in sociology. Communications. <laughs> Communications major. Gonna get a bachelor's degree in an empty fridge. Right. That's about it. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of. Uh, it's just crazy how much money uh, universities have. Like their facilities and like what the people that really make the money on on that whole game are the contractors like, like okay we want to build you a new gymnasium for multiple millions of dollars and then it basically becomes this this huge like show and tell thing like um like a lot of people i know make most of their money from uh university speaking engagements because they can get a new group of students to come in and be like oh we had mark healy speak here last year and <laughs> you know but like you know someone with cred yeah exactly like, yeah uh, it kind of like their um, sports programs, you know, right? Spending all this money, they're you know finding loopholes to get money to players, so it attracts other students, right? Did but you? Ever... It's just marketing, right? Like, how do you make yourself marketing proof? I think people are starting to get there because they're exposed to so much these days. Mm. Well, you can smell bullshit way more easily. You would think. Yeah. It seems there's like like there's more bullshit around now than there ever has been. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I it's like a new level of it it's almost scarier because people realize it's bullshit and they still eat it. You know? Yeah. Right. It's like, yeah, I know this is comfy. all bullshit, but ugh, I'm being confronted with it. Yeah, I'm going to do it anyways. Right. Well, it's more comfortable to believe it. Like rather than like if you step far enough back and just see how much bullshit there is like wait our entire country is how how far in debt or like wait Mm -hmm. what was my education all about or like wait why are we all why are we all fucking working these stupid jobs that we hate so that we can pay for houses that we don't really want to be in anyway and then it's like you become ostracized With, with numbers that can be manipulated right that aren't even tangible pieces of paper that are backed by nothing yeah so, yeah, riddle me that, Batman. Well, it's easier to play. It's easier to play along, man. I heard a good quote. It said, uh, "What was it? Is we're not afraid of what the president thinks of us. We're afraid of what our friends down at the pub will think of us." Yeah. You know, it's just it's easier to kind of go along and do the same thing over and over. Mm. Speaking of which, gentlemen, we are out here on a hunt. Doing very different things from most, and uh, appreciate you guys playing along in the podcast as we try and make this firework. 
after a long day. Thank you, Jake. Walking. The fire's getting about to get bigger. <laughs> <laughs> Scoot back, gentlemen. I didn't need these eyebrows. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to look like powder after this one. Uh, yeah. I found that uh, t t today I got to hunt kind of by myself for a little bit, and I found that it was really difficult to not move too quickly. Like, that was the main main thing, is like it was really easy to get excited, start moving quickly, and what a big part of it, just like reeling it back and moving slower is. Yeah. It, um, I heard, I think you heard Remy say this. He said, um, like, the best hunters he'll ever hunt with, they'll, they'll never look down when they're walking. Uh -huh. So, like, they'll be continually walking, and their depth perception is so good that they're never looking down to place their feet because they're always able to kind of keep their eyes up as they go. And, dude, I try that. and <laughs> Good luck with that. It's so tough, man, but you lose. I mean, every instance you're looking down, it's an instant you're not looking at a deer. So it's hard, man. It's so true, though. Like, every time I look down, because I'm trying to be quiet, I'm like, okay, step on this or that, I hear, <laughs> something <laughs> bark at me. I'm like, yeah. damn it! Because yeah. I just, because every six inches you move, you're in, like, a completely different profile of, of viewing windows. So, basically, the, the terrain and the different size shrubbery and trees, it's so dynamic that if you move six inches... You could probably do the math on it. There's like a thousand different new ways right. that something could spot you. It's like a chess position. Yeah. Like times. you change one chess position and the whole, it changes the whole board. Yes, absolutely. Well, there's so much with like stalking an animal and, and moving and that is like counterintuitive or not. Um, I don't know. It's, it doesn't it's feel natural. Like, yeah. For when you, you, when you first start out, like what, you know, hunting the way you think is most efficient really isn't. It's some of that, some of that information you just need to be told to you. You know, hmm. like my, like my buddy Ryan, he's a really good hunter, and he was telling me that his dad taught him to 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 look down, and then take five steps before you look down again. So you'd look down and look at his next five steps in the grass, where it was gonna be most quiet, and. Then and then you look up and take those five steps mm -hmm. and then you look down again and so he just had a really good system you know it's like he was really systematic with his as far as like being able to like look all the time and then you know right what was uh what was advice that you got early on that stuck with you real simple stuff like don't ever step on a piece of wood <laughs> <laughs> but that's something you still wouldn't know you know like if, if, like if you take something hunting, if 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 you take someone hunting for the first time, they're gonna be stepping on wood all day and like breaking branches and stepping on logs and breaking them and cracking them and and um, I mean that's just a really simple one, but there's a million of those. Right. Yeah. I think one of the things that somebody fi told me and I realized kind of the hard way is, so when you're spotting stock, you're moving around, you're crawling, you're worrying about the wind you're worrying about your noise and also if you're going to be seen so you kind of got to zigzag and look for cover and a lot of times it's very tempting to go to okay there's this one big tree that's going to give me enough cover to hide under but you really want to avoid that 
because the big tree has all the these old branches that are under the grass that it's been dropping and the same thing with a big bush so the things that you would think intuitively are the best places are going to end up you get stuck in the middle of it and you're like oh my god there's no quiet way out of here and you end up blowing the whole thing because you're breaking a bunch of small right. dead branches you didn't even see that are under the grass huh did you have like, an intuitive sense of that growing up before you guys started hunting or was or did that all come with the sport um for me i i grew up spearfishing my whole life right there's some parallels for sure but the biggest part is the wind right you know um taking that factor into consideration and uh being able to see a landscape and not only see where's the quietest most concealed way for me to navigate this landscape in a certain direction you have to worry about something that's invisible like the wind and if it's not blowing hard it's not a straightforward thing and the terrain changes it so there's these micro wind directions that are all over the place so you almost got to look at the terrain and imagine how the wind's coming off of it the same way you know if you go trout fishing you see in a stream how the trout get in the eddies of bigger boulders and stuff like the terrain's doing that as well and uh so you have to be aware of that and uh it's it's very engaging. You yeah. can't you can't be lazy about it. Right. Yeah, you know, you're looking at this invisible element. Like most times when you're hiking there's no incentive to be super quiet, so you're not gonna be no. looking at those those different wind directions and that kind of thing. Yeah, that was one thing for me because I, I grew up hiking a lot. Um with my dad would go to the Sierras, like real beautiful in the summertime and go to Yosemite and stuff, but it was always just like getting from point A to point B was the goal and you'd stop to like check out the surrounding but it was there was so much less mm-hmm. attention to detail i hate hiking <laughs> that's like going to the beach you're right my, yeah my i fucking knows, I don't, hate I going do, to the beach i do not go to the beach yeah. and just hang out yeah like there's a goal or a mission yeah. or a exercise yeah. i am not going down there to get more sunbathed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you want to get a little tanned the shit like yeah. we could do this indoors guys. yeah come on yeah so you guys are just here, but you, you just laying for a while. No, no. Yeah, no, it's like this is your big adventure, really, <laughs> laying on a fucking beach. This is uh, driving me crazy. Oh Summer. man, yeah. People that work to get tan—that's it's a real uh, strange one. That's a goal. It's like, <laughs> that's, that's, yeah, that's, that's like a like a two-week goal. I did good uh, this week. Uh, <laughs> pool and. Have my ties and get sunburned. I'm just a hater because I can't tan. Yes, yeah. that's all. I saw a funny uh, new Netflix special with this dude, uh, Neil Brennan. It's called Three Mics. He has this one line. And he says, "If I were black, I would stand outside a tanning salon and laugh." <laughs> <laughs> what? Almost when there. You're so- when you're from somewhere as cold as fucking Canada, and you get to go somewhere warm. All you want to do is sit in the fucking sun. Like yeah. you're so bone cold I for get that. seven months. Yeah, like it's such an incredible feeling to be like, like everything is warm. Eric, have the mic. You don't even want to fucking move. Like yeah, yeah. I, I remember, I remember feeling that like when the Here, summers would come. Give him the mic. Oh, uh, yeah. No, I get it though for sure. Yeah, it's um, so I, I can. 
it was that in Christmas. Like there's like this bleak period for seven months where there's absolutely nothing. Like it's just cold and dark. What do, what do people do? Like I've never understood nothing. what people like, do. Like you, you're indoors. You like you would go to school in the dark. Like, uh-huh. like sun isn't coming up till like nine o'clock. You'd be riding the bus and the sun would be going down, and you'd come home and that'd be it. Like your day is done. Oh. And gotta like, get some of that vitamin D, son. Exactly. So like. If if you ever got the chance to go summer war and or Christmas every year, that was it. Like for seven months, that's all you got. <laughs> like that was that was your entire life. Whoa. And then, and then as soon as as soon as the snow starts to melt, you're already prepping for the next winter. Like you're digging ditches and cutting wood, and it's just like the level of energy required to live in one of those places is just is just absurd. It's like. You're like one of the, the guys on Game of Thrones that watches the wall. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what you are. Yeah. Uh, the army of the dead is coming. Uh, we must prepare. The wall will not I hold. I don't know what I would get into if I was stuck indoors that much. I'd fucking go insane. I'd probably have like a bunch of like like scribble on the walls. Or there's like crazy high like suicide crazy rates where, in in places like that where, in Alaska, right? Yeah, in Alaska, places like Scotland, um, right? I was in yeah. Scotland and the and I was hanging out with a bunch of local guys and they were they were saying it's like a gnarly epidemic. Epidemic in the winter times. People get really depressed. Yeah. Yeah, vitamin D. Yeah, I I know someone. Uh, one of my close friends' moms suffers from really acute depression, and every winter it's like, you know, it's, it's December right then. Don't want to jump on a plane? Yeah, right? You, That's think. what I trip out on. Is they're like, I always get people like reaching out to me like on social media. Like, I live this life. I'm from Alaska and I'm fucking bummed. And I just look at your life in Hawaii and I just want to, I don't know, I'm just really like at the end of my rope. And I'm like, get on a plane, dude. Yeah, yeah get the hell out you know? of there. Yeah, That's rent what... a room, freaking wait tables, do whatever you need to right. do, but get out of there. Yeah, well, it yeah. feels really unattainable, I think, for a lot of people yeah. that haven't. Um, I mean, we've all had. It is though. It's attainable. Yeah, it's, it's super attainable. It's like, attainable. Like, yeah, like yeah. get it a cre- really is. get a yeah. credit card with yeah. that has some good you need miles and yeah. get there. Yeah, and then be there and, and hustle and hustle. Yeah, hustle. All you got to do is hustle. You don't even got to be that smart to hustle. <laughs> you know, you can still. Yeah, how many friends do you have that like like are bus boys and they? date a pretty girl and they surf all day and they work work at night yeah it's just right. a great Cash lifestyle yeah. it's just crushing yeah, it's such it. a simple lifestyle and you can totally survive yeah yeah you, you get what you tolerate right if yeah. you, if yes that's what all your friends are talking about you know just like being bummed i feel like people kind of get off on being bummed like you, you know Maybe. you get around People and it's like fuck, it sucks and like, bah, you know, I'm like it's special. Look at my right. suffering. It's like people who like, they, like really, they they don't realize nobody gives a fuck. Right. <laughs> Everybody else has their own things going on. They don't really give a fuck about their suffering, self-inflicted right. suffering. It doesn't stop them from talking about it though, does it? No. Yeah. No. And it's always something, some somebody else's fault or some outside thing. Didn't you just post Shane? I I saw. Like you had a matrix of like a combination of passion, what yeah. you're good at, and I think like I, I had a I had a conversation with a kid oh, that I had just that. kid yeah. that had just graduated, and he had like 
several pretty cool job offers. He's like, oh, I'm not, I'm not passionate about it though. And I'm like, and? Yeah. Like, you got to start somewhere. Right. And two of the job offers were like in his wheelhouse. Like he would have gone there, he would have excelled. Like I think there's something to be said about starting someplace that you can build confidence. And but I think people are just getting spoon fed this. Well, you've got to do something you're incredibly passionate about. Yeah. I, I mean, well, and that start you're in, with something, and man. that you're entitled to do something that you're incredibly passionate about. Like that, yeah. people believe that they're like, oh, I deserve this. It could be a pastime. Right. Like, no, you need to be really good at it. That's what will make you yeah. allow you to deserve it. Yeah. No, I mean, that's the, um, you know, what people talk about, like millennial entitlement, because, you know, you the flip side of like what you're talking about, Shane, of like someone being really um, envious is feeling like they deserve it, too, because they see it on social media all day. Yeah. And there's this kind of comparison attached to it. Um, I think it's real. Yeah, it's unhealthy. Comparison is the root of all suffering. Yep. Well, and I mean, nothing, nothing has shined the spotlight on that, like social media, <laughs> you know, with all the people just posting whatever they yeah. feel like everybody else would be jealous of. Yeah. <laughs> you, ridiculous. How, how many events have you been so to crazy. where there's some, some kind of like awkward and kind of not very fun person that was at the event and they didn't really add anything to conversation or anything. And then you see their social social media posts of like, oh my god, I'm at this, and <laughs> yeah. it looks like they're having the best time right. ever. You're like, oh my. If people only knew, I hate everything about that stuff. Like it's all so that bad. Crap is the worst to me. I don't know, but it's like it's your living as well. I always thought of like the professional surfing thing. I feel like it's it's similar to ha- handling radioactive material. Mm. The longer that you're exposed to prom- being a part and parcel to promoting yourself for a living, it's so dangerous. Like half of my hair has fallen out from this radioactive material, right. but I got friends that are like skin and bones, <laughs> you know? So I'm just trying to grow this hair back on the side. But yeah, man, there's no, there's no way you're touching that for too long and not getting scarred a little bit. <laughs> like, Why do you think that is? Because you, you're even if you're not the, even if you're the type of person that doesn't like to think about yourself all the time, you have to, because you have to manage your appearance. Yeah, to make yourself valuable. Yeah, or like you don't. Not even necessarily manage it in the sense of like, look at me, I'm fucking cool. But like putting content out. Right. Because if you're putting content out, you're basically thinking that people are super interested in it or else you wouldn't be doing it. Right. right? Yeah, and you... it's going to be beneficial. Um, so but, that's and like if, a and weird if you mind don't, game. And if you don't, it's a big deal. Like people think you're off the, you know, like wiped off the face oh, of the yeah. earth or you're. You know, like the two weeks no Instagram yeah. posts are like, oh, there goes your algorithms yeah. punishing you. Everybody <laughs> hooked on meth and he's living under. He's a got cancer now. or something. I don't know. I hate being a slave to that. Like feeling like okay, it's been a week. Right. I need to put something out there. I'm like so get, stupid. Do you actually get negative kickback? No. I, yeah. I mean, or like so you're feeling. It's just a constant upkeep. You have to do it, or else yeah. you're in the wrong game. It's it's it. It's just part yeah. of the deal. Yeah, and, you, and, and we can easily walk away from it. You yeah. know, it's just 
It has consequences. Yeah. Do so you guys stop stop doing it? it has self inflicted. Yeah. Do you guys worry about the impact that social media is uh, having or going to have on your kids? Ugh. Oh man. Yeah, big time. Especially for yeah. girls, that's a that's a crazy thing. Little girls and young girls get affected so much, and it, it, you see it happening like the North Shore every single day. The sunset is just. Like fifteen-year-old girls in straight-up like stripper outfits, taking yeah. pictures of each other during the sunset to post on social media. Yeah, which is horrifying. <laughs> like, if that's at that young age when you're still developing and you're aw- feeling awkward, your body's changing, you're finding your social place. It's a very volatile, volatile time for any human, let alone a girl, and your entire self-worth and self-value is dictated by what you put out there how much you're willing to offer right it's like a negotiation like how the guys are like how much are you gonna give me to give you attention it's this weird attention negotiation which is so fucked up right it's the attention economy yeah yeah i think about all the time i got two kids i got a boy and a girl and you know my daughter is like completely not on social media at all my son is just sort of starting out he's 12 um but he never really looks at it too much but it's yeah it's it's a it's a definite concern it's i i despise like so much of it it's weird trying to navigate that as a parent it's super weird yeah i like your analogy mark about the radioactive material because like you can handle it but you better have a hazmat suit on yeah like before you go on you better and how long can you handle it in a hazmat suit right every day for 30 years i don't know how good's that suit yeah <laughs> what i hate about instagram is that that it shows when when you've seen someone's message i hate that too is it like like you oh, like if fuck. someone sends you yeah. <laughs> like, I hate that. It's just what like the hell? What is that? It's like this weird weird little thing to like make them Someone thought that. Yeah, and someone said let's make it so Can you block that? If you see no. it and no. don't You can't? You can't. Oh, I thought I had it like blocked or something. Shit. They were all open and I was like, "Oh shit." I do that too. <laughs> and the crazy thing is if, Young if Ari like, is gonna help me with this, <laughs> I, dude. I get these, I I get these direct messages from people like, they'll write like a like a paragraph, and then I'll just go through them real quick, like once every like two months, and I'll just like throw a shaka on all of them. <laughs> and once you do, it's like opening a can of worms, and they'll yeah. write a fucking novel. Oh my god! And I'm like, so I'm coming double to shaka next week. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, hey, thanks for replying, man. Thanks for replying. So I've been on the Big Island for two weeks. I still don't have a job. Oh, all my stuff got stolen. (laughs) (laughs) Drives me up the freaking wall, dude. I hate that shit. Oh man. And they think I'm such a dick for, and they're, and then I'll get these guys. They're like, they'll like write a some message, and then I, I never look at the shit. And then they'll write like, "Oh, I guess you're too cool. (laughs) Yeah, can't see whatever." And I'm like, "What? I'll just block your ass. Your that's." So much of that is just all of it just freaks me out. I can barely tolerate it. I think I'm getting to the end of my rope on the social media thing. Yeah. <laughs> and now especially that my my kids are kind of that age where it's starting to play into their lives in some certain capacity is it freaks me out. Yeah. I wonder yeah, like what would happen if everyone I think it would be so great to just do like 
uh, like a social media free holiday or something like that. Like everyone commits oh, on sp- one day. Speaking of holidays, whole day. Okay, a whole day. That, that's <laughs> twenty-four hours. That, Seriously, I'm about a season. And I start off by yeah. saying, "Are you like, give me a beer?" That's not gonna happen. <laughs> but Derek you know what? Dream. Somebody who's throughout this process of uh, impending child coming, I'll have one, please. Thank you. Yeah, um, I'm good. Thank you. I'll take it. Three. So, so Kim, my my lady, who's six months pregnant now, she's telling me she's like, these people are crazy because we're doing a, a baby shower, and it was like we almost had like three baby showers because different friends on different islands, and they were like, oh, okay, we got to make make it just one. And then there's she's telling me about all these like trending things like push presents or something what? where they, they get like a present for That's pushing one out shit, dude. and then there's like a a honeymoon before the baby thing she's not pumping it they make up oh yeah well, you know, what, what, is, what is the new holiday or, or i'm not holiday but there's like a, they added another one to the pregnancy thing is that uh, what? You, I, there's like it, three of it's them. It's never ending. There's three of them. <laughs> like if you look up all the shit that you can do when you're pregnant. Right. I'm so glad I'm done. It literally never ends. So and that's the thing. It's like they've they've tried to make like a big comeback with like Boys and Girls Day, but it Thank all you. involves consuming. Right. You have to buy a gift. Like, where's the where's the new trending thing where you go and clean your friend's house mm. because they're too busy like having a child yeah like there's no f- give your time holidays these right. days it's all you gotta buy somebody something or you can cop out of giving your time by spending some money yeah yeah well you see the the commercial gain that there is in certain holidays and uh, like <clears throat> yeah it's it's interesting to look at at following the money around holidays yeah you know it's uh yeah what would what would be good holidays? I just see, it seems like the world continues to speed up, and no one wants it, but everyone's participating in it. Like everyone I know is most people I know are really stressed out, like to a point where I, I feel like my grandparents weren't. No. And, and your grandparents had a whole lot more to be stressed out about than we right. do. Yeah. yeah, they had oh, polio. Yeah. You want to talk about yeah, like <laughs> emotional damage. Yeah, it's like, weird the way yeah. humans work. Like yeah. the like 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 the less stress that we should have, the the more stress we do have, mm. and the more fucking depressed and suicidal people are. Is is is, is it a time that we have the least amount of worries in history? Exactly, and but it's it's part of our nature to. To be in that environment, I mean, that's a very large part of why we're here right now. We're going and hiking our asses off in pouring rain all day long to get an animal with a bow and arrow and eat it when we could easily go get Costco chickens. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> for 12 hours today, for 12 hours today, you guys were... And I was for like eight hours, but like soaking wet, couldn't see a damn thing in the fog, cold, like walking in just sloppy wet shoes. Yeah, man, I got a rash. And uh, <laughs> like for what? Just like for peace of mind and, and our sanity really is really not, has very little to do with the meat, even though, the you know, if you get something, it's great. But 
But it's crazy how it actually works, though. Yeah. Like, how much better are you when you go back into responsibility world after doing something like this? For me, it's like yeah. I go all out and then all back in. And I'm not even on you guys' level, like Jake and Shane's level of responsibility. They have, like, multiple you will children. So, like, on a day like today, how much cold. time would you say... Yeah. You're spending thinking about hunting, and how much time would you say you're thinking about other things in your life? I'm just thinking about hunting. The whole time? 100%. No, but... You, you've, you've gone past the breaking, like, the, 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 the little tipping point of, like, first half of your life, you're only thinking about sex all day, and now you're just thinking about <laughs> hunting. No, you know, you know what's weird is, is when I'm not hunting, I'm it's thinking about hunting. It's just a different kind of hunting. <laughs> 90% of the time, when I'm not hunting, I'm thinking about it. Huh. But when I'm hunting, then I'm, like, solving all my problems. Like, hey, I gotta do this, I gotta do that, I, gotta, I should do this, I should do that. But, but when I'm not hunting, that's all I think about. Hmm. For sure. More than surfing? Yeah. For sure. You feel like it's because you see, like... These gain like for me being a, a full kook hunter, like I see ga- like the amount of gains I had today, like everything that Jake said to me was just like I'm sucking it up like a sponge, yeah. and it's like I became twice as good today, and that's such a fun feeling, and it's such a rare feeling to like physically go out and do something and feel like I'm. It's almost like I feel like I'm becoming more. A human, like you know, like chipping away, and like, oh shit, I just got a new thing, and and that's gonna stay with me. Yeah, I think with surfing, we've we've been doing it for so long that, and at the age that I'm at now, it's it's not like I'm gonna get better at surfing. Most likely, I'm not gonna get better at surfing than I than I am right now. So like, it's like it's mostly, you know, like performance downside. <laughs> that that's the reality, mm. you know. And I can still surf and everything, but with hunting, it's like I'm a I'm still a scrub hunter. Like I'm still like trying to learn, and every single hour and every single day and every single week spent in the field, I feel like I'm I'm getting better. I love right. that feeling. It's super addicting, and um, you know, and you and, and you and you know if you suck at hunting, right? Especially on a trip like this, when you really are doing it for meat. Yeah. When every single deer that I see, I'm gonna try and put an arrow through, and. If I come home at the end of the day and I all I have is all I have is freaking sore feet and wet wet rain gear, then that means I sucked that day. And I did today. <laughs> right. <laughs> Just fine too. It's great. I loved it. I had fun. Yeah. Are there any hunters that you like older hunters that you look up to or like, oh yeah, I wanna be like that guy? Yeah, there's a there's a lot of um but dude named Jeff Lee who's our our um a lot of our friends justin his his uncle jeff um was a guy that i learned a lot from and right when i started bow hunting he started taking me hunting and we went to colorado a bunch of times together and spent a lot of times in the mountains together and he was definitely somebody who was like a mentor um he definitely taught me um probably like 90 percent of what i know about hunting right and he's just still he's still psyched on it too yeah, he's one of those guys who, um, you know, he's in his 60s, and he only hunted with a bow his whole life since he was eight years old, ever. Wow. So his brother never hunted with a gun, like his kids, grandkids, everybody's bow hunters only. And they just come from a long line of just bow hunting, and they all are straight up killers with bows, which is super cool. Like, Justin 
killed his first animal with a bow when he was seven, I think. And <laughs> you can barely do anything when you're seven, dude. Yeah. <laughs> you can barely tie your shoes. Yeah, you're just learning how to speak English. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, man. Yeah, Justin's a wild man. He's Justin's one of the most enthusiastic people I've ever met. He's very giddy. He's very <laughs> giddy. <laughs> he loves that word. He's very enthusiastic. Yeah. He's excited, dude, like a kid. And Justin's not only really, really gnarly bow hunting, but he's one of the best spear fishermen in the world, which is what pretty impressive. Yeah, exactly. He's one of those guys who's right. good at everything. He Justin is totally that friend that you just fucking hate when you go to a bar and there's one of those weird dumb bar games like the ring on the string where you got to get it on the hook or uh, a shuffleboard yeah. game thing with the sawdust. Yeah, he will just smoke you at that. He's that guy who's good at everything that he picks up. Yeah, because he started spearfishing pretty late too, right? Like ah, he kind of was his whole life, but mm. he only got like real serious about it i don't know in his early 20s probably yeah. i Did used to see him i'm i met him in spear fishing tournaments that's how i got to know justin and you go you dive with him quite a bit huh yeah we actually do a lot of trips every year yeah i probably actually in the last two years i've probably traveled with justin more consistently than any of anybody else <laughs> just doing these dive trips and these hunting trips yeah, it seems like you have, especially in some of the situations you get out spearfishing, like you need someone super solid with you. Because he was a, yeah. um, a firefighter before then, too. Like He knows all kinds of medical yep. stuff. He's good in a pinch. That's He's good. definitely an asset in a lot of ways on any trips. And he gets along with everybody. And he's going to go and talk to the person on the plane and by the time when you guys meet meet back up like sitting in different seats on the plane he's like oh so and so i met on the plane is like got everything dialed for he's us so like he's such he's an outgoing lovable dude yeah um yeah gentlemen <laughs> around the fire um it was a long day today i feel like we're all fucking <laughs> Cooked. Yeah, I'm energized, man. That sauce yeah. was crazy good. So were the Brussels sprouts mm. and deer meat. Do we have deer? No, chicken. No, we, we have, have some deer. Oh, I gotta get that deer in the cooler. I have this. Oh, I'm gonna be cutting meat after this. Yeah, I'm how's your... Uh... Is it still boning? Yeah. Uh, How's your? Uh... I feel like I get less grass and fur on it if I do bone in. It doesn't matter, man. Like, just one more step. How's your? I take it home bone in. Mark, how's your doe experience today? Doe experience. Um, yeah. Hey, honestly, it was a doe that had an injury, and uh, her her uh, leg was like it was an old kind of healed broken leg and, was it uh, tied to a tree no it was not <laughs> tied to a tree but uh You're making it sound like teddy roosevelt style yeah but no she wasn't she was she got up and, and walked away and then i was like oh man okay hopefully it's not like a a bad wound and it has an infection or anything but 
either way, it's, if you are going to shoot one, it's might as well take a wounded one. And so took a shot at 43 yards. She didn't make it 10 seconds. It was down, so exactly what you want. So it, that, to me, at the end of the day, that's like a big victory to me is just to have a good, efficient shot. Hmm. Last thing I want is something suffering for a long time. A really hard time on those ones. So, uh, yeah, happy. Did you expect to have, like, did you know that going into hunting that you'd have a hard time with those experiences? Yeah, because I'm, I'm, I am an animal lover. Yeah. I, I'm a full, like, I'm the kind of guy who rescues a freaking animal that needs it kind of thing and, and end up keeping it. I mean, you own goats. Exactly. That's, yes. That's why I own them. <laughs> They're good for nothing. And besides entertainment, <laughs> two male nutless goats if, that don't even eat weeds. They only eat all my good stuff. If, if we are obligated to one thing on social media, it's, it's more of Healy's goats. And that's I get it. hundreds of messages. That's it. Yeah. More like nothing else, just more goats. It's like more cowbell. People just want more goats. <laughs> yeah. And I've honestly thought of starting a separate page just for the goats. <laughs> but I think it'll I honestly think it'll really hurt my following because yeah. it'll funnel followers away. <laughs> it'll stress out the goats too. You know, that you don't oh want you don't want goats to start comparing themselves to other goats on social media, feeling like they're not enough. And they're maybe too much pressure. Hey, and they're goes, maybe they're they're taking a little of the kryptonite off my or the radioactive. Some of the material, radio, yeah. You know? Your goats are gonna start sure. posing yeah. in G strings down at pipeline, yeah. taking selfies. Oh, I feel like boys. social media and just like the conversation and debate today with um, with Trump as our president, it's like the best argument doesn't win on social media. It's just being funnier wins. Like if you can have that little next little like ha, like do you guys know who Milo Yiannopoulos is? Mm-hmm. You guys ever heard of? He's no like, of him? Yeah. Like yeah, ultra conservative, but also really funny. Like I feel like Trump has made this kind of parody of. Of politics and just of like wanting to bring a good argument to the table, where now like you can post something that's real like heartfelt and earnest, and if someone has like a funnier, shitty, witty response, that wins. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's almost like the initial comment or topic is just creating the playing field, mm. and everybody plays on it. And whoever hits the home run on that playing field, which is that witty, witty, comical comeback, right, is the winner. You feel like there's almost it's sort of getting to a point where there's people are over that though. Is that almost like a backlash point now? Well, where, I, th- I think that more people are listening to podcasts because of that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, it's a. I mean, that's what you don't you want to be. You don't want to be living in a reactive way. And everything that's being celebrated in social media, like we're talking about, that I'm going to have the most likes on my witty, shitty comment that has nothing to do with it. It's just people are just waiting to live in a reactive way. They're not proactive. Mm. That's an interesting way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. I snipe my friends all the time, too. It's it's really fun. fun. It is fun. but it. uh, I like it. No, but yeah, I I think that like living in a... I don't know. Living in a proactive way, you can start to um, 
kind of see the see the whole chessboard from above a little bit more. Like I think about that, like even the difference between giving myself a morning to like take a poop and read a few pages out of a you book. You gotta make that a I morning to take a poop. We're gonna have to do that pretty soon. Yeah, you guys are all <laughs> We're on the hunting diet. You're all on the same <laughs> same moon cycle. Meat eaters. I took a grand poop this morning. Oh, the the poo terror of dumping rain trying to pull out a toilet paper and rain make it work before <laughs> pooping the rain when you're hunting no right not another one it stuck to my hand this toilet paper before it even made it to its intended location hunting seems like one of those Toss things it. too where like if you forget there's like one item if you forget it and oh then man it's toilet a- paper don't forget that you guys glass when your pants are down <laughs> you do that? I do that all the time, dude. No way. Are you fucking kidding me? It's the best thing ever. <laughs> like, where are you picking to take a dump? Where are you? Oh, I like. I always pick vantage points. You're like because of that. Oh, I gotta poop. I need a stunning vista now. No, because you're. It's all. No, I feel like if it's it's like Murphy's law. It's like that's the time that the deer is actually gonna move. <laughs> so I'm like, fuck it. I'm gonna get a perfect freaking spot to to see it. Everything. Is that because your calves are so big? You can mm-hmm. yourself yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah it's rock-solid calves. <laughs> yeah. Bow in hand, kind of ready to take the shot. Yeah. <laughs> Going for the release down. Yeah. I feel infinite in those moments. <laughs> That's fucking hilarious. Shane has the calves of like a Turkish circus strongman. <laughs> <laughs> I get that all the time. People always say that, that one to me. Oh. Uh, yeah, the amount of strange situations you end up in uh, when you're off the road by yourself in uh, in nature is, uh, I'm sure, quite quite interesting. Do you guys have any like of the most hilarious hunting stories of your life? They may not be hilarious to your audience. <laughs> and, and, and how many of them involve poop? Yeah. <laughs> Oh man, I think one of the times that was really funny, or it wasn't funny at the time, is uh, I went hunting. I was on one eye, went out for the morning by myself, and oh man, my stomach just flipped upside down like emergency <laughs> one, like emergency like three times a year kind, like it wasn't just the normal. Normal yeah. situation. No, everyone knows. Everyone's been there. And so... Uh, You're alleviating a lot of shame for people right now. Thank you. It's really helpful. <laughs> uh, so I hadn't... I realized when I just ran over and started doing my business that I had forgotten toilet paper. And I was like, oh my God, what can I possibly do? Okay, I have a game bag. And these game bags, it's what you're supposed to put your meat in when you get it. And they have to be breathable so the meat doesn't overheat because the meat is hot when you put it in. If it stays hot, it'll spoil. So it's made out of this stretchy material. So it's almost like this part elastic, part cotton thing. Then I realized out of this this whole sack that I have that I forgot my knife too. Oh, that's the worst. And I had to rip this thing with my teeth. <laughs> Near, nearly like lost my teeth ripping this thing in the bushes 
to wipe my ass with it. And because it had that elastic, it, I had to work so hard just to get one piece. <laughs> Soon it was, as it was done stretching, it rolled up into something the size of like a joint. <laughs> and I'd have to stretch it out and try to pin it in between my my little finger and my pointer finger. But there was no logs around out. or rocks or pieces of sticks no, or something? No, I was in, I was in Ironwoods. Ironwoods as far as you could see. So just pine needles and some small sticks. No way pine needles works. No way. That is fake news. But uh, yeah, it was it was tough. It took a while. A long silence. Kind of like that story. A long silence. Shane, after come on. Poop story. I just wanted to. I, I wanted to drag it out so Shane could sift through all the ones yeah, that he can't tell. Yeah, you, you gotta come just settle on one that he can. <laughs> no, just the stuff that's funny to me isn't funny to anyone else. They'd be like, "That's fucked up, man." <laughs> My audience has thick skin. Oh, that's like a an interview that I've been putting off and I feel really bad and they're they're asking about stories about the Jerry Lopez pipe house I was like yeah sure I'll do it and then I took like started thinking about it till the next day I was like none of the good stories I can actually tell Mm -hmm. I don't have any good good stories that I can tell (laughs) Uh, it's weird though like how, how many people appreciate it when you do it's almost like everyone's like I don't know. I, I've, it's like uh, people that use like th- who say like the f word or something yeah. like, like Louis C.K. has this bit bit about the n word. Yeah, yeah, it went you know? well for him, didn't it? it sure did. Yeah, he, he's doing great these days. No, but like how you put it in their head, you know, like the n word. Like yeah, everyone knows. It's enunciated, what you, in the right? Head. Yeah, but uh, I feel like that's that's the same way with a lot of like. That was like all my church friends. I would always say frick, frick. They'd say frick every third word. I'm like, you're not fooling anybody. Right. Just say fuck already. Come on. Yeah. yeah. I, it's, uh, I mean, that's part of like the insanity is not saying what we mean. It's like living in this world of, of irony. I, I find that people, I don't know, like people like you guys who go out and do really difficult shit just tend to be more relaxed and be more, it's more easy for you to say what you mean. You know, like it's uh, less encased in irony and anxiety. I think that's a really common thing. I think if if you like challenge yourself, then people's opinions about mundane shit really pales in comparison, Mm. especially when you do stuff where you could die and you're on your own or it's up to you. Nobody's going to bail you out. Um. Yeah, people's opinion doesn't quite carry the same weight after that. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, guys, I'm, I'm a little high and I'm a few beers deep, and there's more long pauses than I hope for. But I uh, <laughs> appreciate you guys <laughs> talking shit with me and uh, and being helping me uh, get better at hunting. It's super fun and um. It's it's really it's good for it's fucking just good for you to get out into nature, man. I, I think that it's a, a great antidepressant. I recommend that most people do it. I think um And I applaud you for hitting that vape pen before doing the podcast, by the way. I was like, Are you sure about that? Fuck, I what I did I Sometimes it's really good. It didn't work this time. You guys, I, I, I apologize to everyone. We, 
Go stargazing. Yeah. I usually am like. Though, imagine if you like doubled, doubled your time doing this a year. Maybe mm. like double your 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 happiness and your. Ease you mean time you have ha- out half as much in wilderness anxiety. like this? Half, yeah. yeah. It's just, I feel every time I do one of these trips like this, like a few nights in the woods when I'm camping, it's fucking. What? Like I should do twice as much. Right. Yeah. You give half as much fucks about what other people yeah. think. Yeah. yeah. Which is a great thing. Right. All the shit that seems so important on a, a daily basis is means zero. And it takes like a trip like this to realize that. That's our show. I'm going to play you out the song called 1980 by Dirt Nasty. And here's a quick clip from an interview that I did with Simon Rex, a.k.a. Dirt Nasty, in episode 127. When you're not thinking, you're just doing, that's when the magic happens. Like this plaque right here for that song, My Dick. I did a song called My Dick. Literally the most immature, vulgar, silly topic of a song. Um, I made the beat in five minutes. We recorded the whole song in an hour. I didn't even want to do the song. This, the song goes platinum. Once again, that was episode 127. I will link to that one in the show notes below. Uh, finally, don't forget about the box of goodies. And thank you so, so much to Mudwater. Thank you to Santa Cruz Medicinals. And thank you to Jim Fadiman for writing the Psychedelic Explorer's Guide. Um, I really believe in all this stuff. And it's fun to be able to connect with all of you um, through the box of goodies. It's pretty cool. Um, just podcasting in general. It's it's so freaking fun and how diverse it is. Um, the fact that I can just bust out mics around a campfire and how wildly different that was than some of these like more hard-hitting interviews that I do. It's just it keeps it really fun for me and hopefully fun for you too. So with that, um, hope you enjoy the song by Simon Rex, aka Dirt Nasty. Get outside, get in the water, and have a beautiful day. What happened to your queer party, friends? I got a gold chain. I'm on cocaine. I'm like, yo, man. What, 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 what? I rolled in straight from Oakland, holding my dick like a U.S. Open trophy. We're up to high feet, y'all don't know me. Dirt nasty, ass cheeks, spread wide. G-string to the side. One drink, Cavassier. Two drink, vodka straight. Three drink, I'm in the sink. Throwing up on my brand new mint coat. And I'm doing coke. Y'all can't hold my donkey rope. No, call the pope. Pray for me. Go roll voice with your lady. I lived through the 80s. And shit was crazy. Everybody wanna know my name. Bring the what? pain and what? pop the champagne. What? Every girl wanna hold my chain when I fuck their brains out what? on the mic. Got a gold chain. Like Tell you girl to stop paging me. What, 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 what? I walked in, stoned as hell. White lines, gold gazelles. Hotel on sunset. Young hoes get undressed. Duck dick ain't done yet. Insert the clip and 
get the gun wet. Nuff said I'm radical. T-shirts say party animal. I ain't no amateur. This ain't no hands across America. I shine like Morrissey on Hennessy on Christmas Eve. No, not more like Morris Day on Hella Yang. Dressing gang. I lived through the 80s. And shit was crazy. Everybody wanna know my name. Bring the pain and pop the champagne. Every girl wanna hold my chain when I fuck their brains out on the mustard.